On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, a tremendous performance from C.J. McCollum taking down the 76ers in New Orleans on Friday night. Keith and I break it down next, second game in a row the Sixers have lost right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, you are Locked On 76ers. I'm Devon Gibbons from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia, alongside my co-host and partner Keith Pompey of TheInquirer.com, joining us right here after a tough loss. What's up, Keith? What's up, man? How you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing all right. Better than the Sixers as they uh, have that tough loss, 127-116 to the Pelicans. We'll dive into it all, what went down, how they lost this game. It looked promising in the first few minutes as they went up by 10, but unfortunately for them, falling yet again now 20 and 14 on the season. And we got to thank you all for making Locked On 76 as your first listen every day. Now make sure that you check us out free and available on all platforms right here on YouTube at Locked On 76 127, Keith, 116, the final score. Sixers up 10 early, 16 to 6. One of the things that we talked about, jumping on these teams early, you cannot have these games from the Clippers to the Knicks and then Washington. You finally lose one by getting off to a slow start. They got off to a good start, but then the Pelicans in the end wound up with a 14-3 run to take a four-point lead after one. C.J. McCollum started to hit his shots. Them as a team, the Pelicans, started to hit their shots, and man, they just simply did not stop. Yeah, I mean, them getting out to a start is starting to become a joke, man, if you want to be real. Because what it is is you have Joel Embiid killing people, and then when he goes to the bench, the last couple games, the bench has just been struggling. 15 points in the first quarter for him. Yeah, I mean, you know, but but outside of that, it reminds you of last year's 76ers. And, I mean, it just does. It reminds you of where they got the starters out there. Like, they took James Harden out, and I'm like, oh, boy. And then they had they start taking people out. And I looked at that lineup that they had, and I'm like, man, on a defensive end, this is going to be hard. I mean, and then all of a sudden, it was like they couldn't make any shots, right? So at that particular point, and it was over. But here's the thing, man. They turned the ball over a lot. They did a lot, made a lot of mistakes. But their inability to put someone on C.J. McCollum for um for anyone on him to stop him was crazy. I mean, the dude had 42 points. He shot a uh what he had 11 threes, which was a franchise record. Yeah. Now, my thing is CJ, we talked about him yesterday or today. We talked about him and we said, you know what? He whoever's guarding him is going to be the key matchup. He was wide open. And the thing that got me was. I understand it, and I said to myself, I know they're not playing Matisse Thibel a lot of minutes, but then you say to yourself, well, surely you're going to put them on him in the second half. You're going to have, you're going to put them on him in the second half, and they didn't. And I understand it. You might say to yourself that, you know, Matisse Thibel isn't exactly um, a great offensive player, but when you got somebody baking your guys like that, 
And I'm telling you, dude, it was like they were guarding him, but he kept getting open. So it comes a point in time where you got to put him on him. Now, they did put him on him at one point. He blocked the shot. He got it still. The next thing you know, they call a timeout, and he's no longer on the game. So to me, that was one of the biggest things. They And I get it. They committed 19 turnovers, right? For for they had 19 turnovers that led to 30 points. So you can say that we turned the ball over a lot. However, you had 13 turnovers that led to 25 points in the first half, right? So that means you were better off in the second half. But my man was raining threes on y'all throughout the whole game. So to me, I know that was the difference in the game. That that was the difference. They didn't make the right adjustments. Well, I, I don't disagree. Uh, uh, both things can be true when, you, when you're talking about it because absolutely someone needed to defend him better. It did not happen. Yeah, there are guys that are always going to go off and you say, yeah, you shake their hand and say you had a good game. But there were some adjustments that needed to be made on C.J. McCollum uh, defensively, maybe to your point, seven minutes and 47 seconds for Matisse Thibel on Friday night. Not enough minutes to really get uh, out there and get into a groove trying to slow things down. And when you have that lineup that you talked about in there, when Joel Embiid sits down, you sit James Harden down, Tobias Harris also sitting down, your, your, your lineup is led by Tyrese Maxey, who has missed the last 18 games, and you're asking a lot for him to carry carry the, uh, the load. And sure, you want them to run the offense, but he's the main focal point as far as scoring goes when you're out there. And look, man, that, that shooting performance was, was crazy. Uh, C.J. McCollum, to your point, uh, hitting those 11 threes, a franchise record, 42. And he was in a really good groove. They were never really that difficult, to your point. Didn't seem to be all that challenged. Maybe a few times, of course, they were there. But a few of them came in transition. But in the half-court set, you're right. He was wide open. And someone needed to slow him down. And they didn't have anybody to, to answer him for that. Now, as far as the this points part that you talked about with Matisse Thibel, when it comes to him being in the game, the Sixers scored. They scored 116 points, and the Pelicans averaged 117 themselves as far as scoring. So the Sixers did their part. They just put themselves in a hole, down by as much as 17 in the game. And the way that he was shooting, first half, he did his part. Then you get the second half with Zion Williamson. He scores 20 points in the second half to add to his 36 to help out with them and then they also had Keith they had some really key contributions from others with like Jonas Valanciunas had a solid contribution to the game tonight Jose Alvarado we talked about him coming into the game he can he can change the game with his activity and his defensive play picking you up 94 feet sneaking uh, behind you as you bring the ball up because you're not paying attention to him coming in and tip the ball away he got Maxi one time like that that went the other way and led to another fast break opportunity. Those things hurt you in a game. And the Sixers absolutely did that. They were self-inflicted really with those turnovers. And also, as you mentioned, maybe they needed to do something different in trying to slow down C.J. McCullough. Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing, too. Like, the Sixers had two days. Like, they lost to, they lost to Washington on Tuesday. They flew there on Wednesday. They practiced on Thursday. Um you know, they actually, you know, Doc Rivers and Sam Cassell went to their game on, 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 Wednesday. on Wednesday. 
So it's like you would think that they know that this team, Jose Alvarez, I mean, this guy is, he was the man last year. Remember last year, him and Joel got the double technicals mm-hmm. and Joel ended up playing. You know he's a fiery guy. You look at this team, this team didn't sneak up on the Sixers. This team has the third best record in the NBA behind Boston, Brooklyn, and then it's the, it's the Pelicans. So this is a pretty good team. So you know what they bring. I just didn't like the way that I felt like it should have been more adjustments. I felt like they 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 should have played a little bit Matisse more. And you're right. A good team is a reason why they're in first place, the things that these role players do. But the one thing that we ain't talk about is they still didn't have a second-best player. Brandon yep. Ingram didn't play. But the thing is that lineup that we, we're talking about is the lineup for the people who don't know and nothing against these guys. They're just not defensive guys. You had Maxi. You had um you Shake. had um huh? Shake Niang. You had Maxi Shake, George Niang, Montrez, and 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 uh PJ Tucker, right? Yeah, so was, PJ yeah. Tucker is the only defensive-minded guy out there that they had. So it was kind of like you had to outscore them, and that's when the turnovers really started when those guys went in there. So, you know, I, it just, I, I don't know. It, I, I just, I don't know. It, it, just, it just, it was a bad display. Now, everybody going to say, like, we made mistakes, turnovers. But to me, coming off of that Washington game, the way they played down the stretch, and it looked, didn't it look the same way where Joel got off early and you thought Joel was going to be like, hey, I'm beasting everybody. And then he goes to the bench. And then next thing you know, they lose a lead. I mean, it was the same thing, same exact thing. Yeah, I actually thought when they were up 10, 16, 6, I was like, okay, they're going to show something different. This is going to be a game here tonight. And it turned out to be a game more so of what they were doing. And look, I can't ignore what Embiid did because, again, just putting up the 30, 37 uh, he had on 14 of 22. Again, just as you said, just – doing whatever he wanted. So he was tremendous outside of the five turnovers, of course. Uh, But, yeah, tough loss for them uh, on the first night of a back-to-back. Now they have the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, on Saturday. Keith, we'll come back, and uh, we'll get into Tyrese Maxey's return also and and what you saw from him in his first game back. We mentioned the lineup and and how he was out there with the others. He wound up four for ten, finishing with nine points off the bench. And I I think a lot of people, even with this little small sample size, may have had their answer, (laughs) their their question answered about the starting role and the the, uh, reserve role uh, after the defensive performance, as you mentioned, from DeAnthony Melton uh, on C.J. McCollum or the lack thereof, if you will. We'll come back. We'll dive into that next right here on Locked On 76ers. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup. And we've got it all at Bet Online. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those on Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Welcome back. 
Locked On 76ers. Thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked On Sports today for the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Keith, it's Harry Smaxey. First game back since November uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks, and that win, 18 games off. He did play 18 minutes and 42 seconds. He was four for 10 from the floor, one for three from beyond, nine points, one personal foul, one assist, one rebound, and one turnover for the Sixers tonight. Uh, How did you feel uh, he played tonight? Uh, Again, going out there, first action. Got to knock off some of that rust. Got to get back to it. And I actually thought in the end, you saw some of the things that we're used to seeing. I I like that he wasn't afraid to shoot the shots that we have been accustomed to seeing him take over the course of his growth now with the Sixers. I mean, mean, you know what? He looked a little bit the way he looked like a guy who hadn't played in a month. I mean, let's be real, right? A guy who hadn't played in a month. You know, I I think defensively it was a struggle for him, but it was a struggle for – a lot of guys on the defensive end, right? I mean, he was a, a, a game worse, uh, minus 18. You know, he shot four for 10, like you said. But at the same time, if we're going to, like, you know, you got to say, you know, here we go. This is his first game back. You know, he looked a little passive early on. Like, he wasn't his normal aggressive self to me. You know, in the first quarter, he, he had two shots. That was it. You know, shoot shot attempts, he didn't make it. You know, in the, in the second quarter, he was like one for, you know, one for two. And, and then it just seemed like in the second half, as the longer he played, he just seemed to be a little bit more of himself. You know what I mean? A little bit more aggressive to a point where he hit a shot and I was like, okay, okay. Now, again, in the third quarter, he was on that one shot he hit. That was the only one he made. But at the same time, he was trying. Um, and, you know, so to me, it, it was one of those things where he he got better as the game went along. But he also looked like a guy that this was his first game out there playing. 100 percent. 100 percent. As the game progressed, he started to look like Tyrese Maxey. You're right. He was passive a little bit early on, trying to feel his way in the game with his teammates. Again, he was the first sub off the bench uh, for the Sixers. And you just wanted to see how he how he just responded to being back out there for the first time. He never looked tired. He still doesn't look tired. And he only played 18 minutes. But the stretch that he was in there, he never looked fatigued or anything like that. A little loose with the ball. That one turnover that he had was the one that Alvarado came from behind, half court, stole it, went the other way. Uh, but for the most part, I, I like the fact that he was aggressive to take the 10 shots. He wasn't afraid to, again, do that despite being off for all that time and he'll be better as they continue to go along the speed was still there taking the ball baseline for that reverse layup that he had uh, over the big defenders there didn't get a chance to see him in transition much because the pelicans were the ones in transition and the Sixers just clearly were not by the way 30 fast break points for the pelicans tonight uh to the Sixers, just single digits i believe it was six If I'm not mistaken, let me just take a quick peek at that. And that is eight. Sorry, I I short them two points. It was eight, 30 to eight in that one. But yeah, I I like what I saw from Maxie, all things considered, knowing that he just came back. And Doc Rivers was noncommittal on him playing 
in the second game of the back-to-back against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, if I had my guess, I would say he's not going to play, but it wouldn't shock me if he also gave him a little bit of run against the Thunder, who have been idle and uh, sitting and waiting for the Sixers now uh, after they play tonight. So, so yeah, man, if he, I thought he looked pretty good. I thought he, I thought he handled himself well, except for the early part, as you talked about, just simply trying to get the feel of the basketball again, feel the game, and not interrupt things with his teammates teammates and then later on picking it up again and settling in and we'll see if he plays tomorrow yeah yeah we'll see we'll, right. we'll see yeah so I mean, you also had a thing that you wanted to talk about and we'll get to that next as some guys lost their cool keep a couple of technical fouls for the sixers things started to go haywire in the second half guys lost their cool we'll get to that in the second half here right here on Locked On 76ers. And I got to tell you, man, that uh, while we are getting ready now, tomorrow's the new year, and you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks as you're celebrating the turn of the calendar into January 2023. Well, a few becomes a few too many, and as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride, and then you simply say, nah, you know what? I got it. I live nearby. I can make it home okay. It's not a big deal. Well, what are the odds that you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, lose your license. How about your job? You total your car, or maybe even worse, you take someone's life. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Welcome back to Locked On 76ers. That's Keith Pompey. I'm Devon Givens. Keith, the Sixers picked up two technical fouls and they were not happy in that, uh, what was that, the second second half, fourth quarter, P.J. Tucker picked up one at the 10.07 mark. Dan Burke from the bench, the assistant coach, he picked up one in less than um, a minute later because they were not happy with young official, Keith, I'm guessing, Jamal Rawls, who they were on him for a few calls. And I look, I'll be honest. Sometimes the officials, look, they can't see everything, but there are three of them out there. You expect them to get things as close to right as possible. And he was a little whistle happy on a few where I thought he could have let a few things go. And on the other end, I didn't think that the Sixers got the same type of whistle. Uh, (laughs) But you thought uh, something about those two technicals that the Sixers picked up what, what were your thoughts on that? I mean I, I just thought like you know it, it, you can't pick up technical fouls like that I mean you know regardless of what the officiating is like you just can't do it I mean the game was in at that time it wasn't one of those things where you know they were just getting like blown out at that particular time it was like they were trying to make a run it's like you just can't have those type of texts you just can't. Um, and I felt like 
you know, first of all, when you do stuff like that, you're on the road. First of all, you're losing you're you know, you're 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 losing control a little bit. Um, and when you do stuff like that at, at on the road or you do it at home, you hear ref, you suck, ref, you suck. Or you hear some other things, right? But when you do it on the road, then all of a sudden it just ignites the home crowd to a point where it, it gives the home team more energy. And I just felt like they just lost their composure and that just wasn't the great time to do it. It wasn't. It just wasn't at all. Um, uh, so so that's where it is. And, and again, I get it. Like, you know, I, you know, I don't know if the guy made wrong calls or what have you. I mean, of course, the 76ers are going to say that, but the Pelicans are going to be like, nah, that was the right call, right? But I just feel like when you got the veteran team, in which the 76ers are, in that instance, the veteran team, you can't have technical fouls in those instances, especially not that close together. Well, um, I know that they made one, missed one. Uh, Devontae Graham missed one uh, of the two technical fouls. And the Pelicans paraded to the free throw line. Keith, we're accustomed to seeing the Sixers do that. 18 for 22, the Sixers were. 8 for 10, 4 and B, 6 for 6 for James Harden. The rest uh, of the team, no one got to the free throw line more to attempt more than two free throws on the evening. Zion Williamson was 10 of 16 from the foul line tonight, Keith. 26 for 36, a plus eight in makes for the Pelicans on Friday night in their win over the Sixers. Sixers now take on the Oklahoma City Thunder, Keith, on Saturday. That's a 8 o'clock start time here on the East Coast. And the Pelicans, uh, of course, at the top of the West, the Thunder are one of the teams at the bottom of the West. They're not a good team. They're 15 and 20 right now, and uh, they're but they're 10 and 8 at home. So they have been idle. They have an all-star level player in Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, two other talented players on their squad. They have some young guys. While they're still rebuilding, they've put together some pretty good collection of talent that they have. Their number two overall pick from this past draft, Chet Holmgren, out for the year because of the foot injury. We think it's the year out for, uh, for the foot injury. So right now, they do have their all-star and Shea Gilgis Alexander. They're waiting for the Sixers. And Keith, every time the Sixers come to town, teams are going to get up for them because they do ha- they do feature two all-stars in Joel Embiid and James Harden. So they're going to have to lace them up uh, Saturday night against this Thunder team. Yeah, not only that, they got a guy on that team, um, Isaiah Joe, who's been like lighting it up making raining threes on people and looking at the 76ers like, oh, so y'all said I wasn't good enough. So typically, you know, you got to go through that motivation, like young guys, especially, and I should say veterans too. People tend to get up (laughs) against, um, you know, uh, against their, the the team that got rid of them. Also, the one thing you said, like Shea Gilgis, Alexander, I mean, like, you know, y'all just gave, they just gave up 42 points against C.J. McCollum. This other guy is one of the top scorers in the league. So, you know, I, you know, it, 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 it's one of those things where I'm, like, looking at it like, you know, I'm not saying the Sixers are going to lose the game, but if I'm the Sixers, you got to be a little careful because 
you know, you know, Shea Gilders is, is going to uh, Gilders Alexander is going to, is going to light y'all up, or he at least he's going to try to. So, you know, I'm I'm looking at it like, yo, this game is is just got more important. Not only that, the 76ers have lost five of their last six road games. Mm-hmm. Five of their last six. The last so, win was against the Knicks on Christmas Day. Yeah, the last win was against the Knicks on Christmas Day. So, and then before that one, the last time they won on the road was when they beat the the two games that they beat. Um, who was it when it when they beat Orlando on Thanksgiving, like around Thanksgiving holiday? So, you know, so you're looking at it and you're saying to yourself, like, man, like, you know, this road game just got a whole lot more important than what you thought it was going to be. So, you know, we'll see, man, because, you know, they got young guards who like to get out there. They're real athletic. They're probably going to want to run with them. You know, the, the Sixers, like you said, are, are coming off of a back-to-back. And this is a nice, young, exciting team. So it's going to be a must-watch TV. Yes, it will be as you get ready for the uh, ball to drop on the 2022 uh, season and bring in the 2023 uh, calendar year for the Sixers. They're going to try to start things off in the year correctly with a win and jump into the new year uh, on some positive vibes. Because guess what? They got the Pelicans on Monday back here in Philadelphia. So that should be something as these two teams match up uh, on Monday back here in town. All right. We got to thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers your first listen today. Now make Locked On Sports Today your second. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked on Sports Today podcast available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Keith, do you mind letting the good folks know where they can find us? Yeah, they can find us on uh, the same place where you get this other podcast. But when you do is when you click onto our YouTube channel, um, make sure you click on the Liberty Bell and that way you become a new subscriber. You can follow my man D at uh, DevonG975 on Twitter. And you can find them on 97.5 FM radio in Philadelphia from typically from 6 to 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. Monday through Fridays at, on the Divine Giving Show. So you can find them there. You can find me at Pompeii on Sixers. And you can read my stuff in the Philadelphia Inquirer and Inquirer.com. All right. Well, listen, man, Keith, despite all of that, Happy New Year, man. Happy New Year to you too, bro. Yeah, I'll see you in the new year. And uh, by the time we get back and get ready for the new year, the Sixers will be hosting the Pelicans all over again. And maybe they'll pick up a W, evening up this four-game trip at 2-2. Thanks so much, everybody. Happy New Year to you all. Be safe. Remember, stay safe. Don't drive drunk. You know, all that stuff. All right, <laughs> talk to you later, man. Peace. All right.